Welcome to 353rd, a podcast covering the impact of the internet on business. I am Scott Barstow. And I'm Anders Brownworth. Welcome to episode number 31. We neglected Anders to talk about the fact that our 30th episode was uh, was a couple of weeks ago. That's true. And a couple of weeks ago it was. It was uh, sadly we didn't have a episode last week. We didn't, uh, uh, but for good reason. You were at TED. I was, which uh, which brings up the topic of this new show from one of the one of the talks. Um, That's right. So we're going actually a little bit off uh, off the beaten path today. We're not really talking about technology, but uh, one of the one of the TED talks last week, and it's actually up on uh, TED.com now. Was uh, was covering the subject of introversion. Uh, I believe it was Susan Cain. Yeah, that's right. Um, gave a talk, and you found it to be one of the best ones uh, that you saw while you were out there. So why don't you give us a little bit? Uh, first of all, I'd love to hear in three minutes or less kind of the overview of TED. Uh, I think our I think our listeners would love to hear about what that's like from the inside. Um, and then let's let's dive right into Susan Cain's talk. Sure. Yeah. So so TED is a uh, is a conference that. Uh, talks about ideas, essentially an ideas conference. Uh, it's the intersection of uh, technology, education, and design, TED. And uh, it's a once-a-year event. You get together in uh, California, and you're, you're basically in, in a room with the best and the brightest, uh, and you clear your calendar and sit there for four or five days and just listen to uh, the top minds in the world talk about the subjects that they're passionate about, and the the tagline is ideas worth spreading. Uh, so so I go to get a kind of little injection there, and it really is just an unbelievable thing. You know, first of all, just to clear your schedule and and you know actually have that much time. Uh, but but secondly, to kind of you know re-energize and and get your big picture back in order. Uh, yeah, that's, absolutely. That's the way I find it. Yeah, um, and I think I find that just from uh, I find that just by watching the uh, the talks you know, online or whatever, you kind of get a, a mini dose of that for every one of those you watch. If you'll take the you know, if you'll really set everything else aside and watch these things, or listen to you know, listen to the audio podcasts or something like that, um, they're really just amazing people doing amazing things. Yeah, these are they're uh, presented in about fifteen minute little actually supposed to be 18 minute segments so they're they're really digestible you can uh, you could you know if you're teaching you could use it in class or you know they're 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 short uh but they they get to the point and they uh they they're generally something that can just keep your mind thinking for a long time uh so yeah i find it compelling yeah, uh, so we, and we will post. Obviously, we'll post the link to this uh, to this one we're getting ready to talk about. Susan Susan Kane's talk. We'll post a link on the on the website like we usually do. But um, let's dive right into Susan Kane. Yeah, so Susan uh, Susan Kane is a, a lawyer by trade, but very interestingly, she is uh, she calls herself an introvert, which mm-hmm. I, I would imagine a lot of people do. And she talks about. She starts with the story talking about how she went to summer camp and, and it was all about getting rowdy and getting, you know, running around. And, you know, she had brought her bag of books and ended up sliding them under the, the, the camp bed and, and not reading for the whole summer because it seemed to be heavily focused toward extroversion. So right off the bat, I thought it was a great story to open her talk. Yeah. 
where she where she kind of lays out the story about how uh, you know family time in their family was everybody sitting in the same room reading books. Yeah, and she talks about the animal warmth of everybody being in the same room, and then you know, and she goes right into the story you just told about the fact that she had gone to camp, and she sort of feels ashamed. Um, about having brought all of these books after she realizes that you know she's not really going to have the chance to to read them, and she you know she talks about the I think it was the leader in her cabin kind of makes her feel like an idiot for bringing books and yeah. and uh, and so I thought it really she really launches into this idea that extro- extroverts are more are rewarded more handsomely and considered really considered more attractive. Uh, by society, yeah. um, as opposed to you know, kind of the more introverted folks in society. So, do you uh, do you think she's onto something here? I absolutely do. I, so, the the question I, I I'd like to actually put to you is: so, what was it like for you when you were growing up? Is this sort of the same thing? It's you know, it's it was funny as I listened to this talk. It it so much of it rang true for me personally. Uh, she talks about being more more comfortable uh you know inviting a few friends over to dinner than being in a loud room you yeah. know all of the these little examples that she gives uh about enjoying being alone enjoying being uh just that time to sit and absorb and uh and it's funny when she was talking about the in particular the the story of her family sitting around reading our family does that almost every night yeah. Um, we'll sit in the same room, but everybody will be reading their own thing. And sometimes we'll, and there are times when we read the same book, like we've been reading uh, To Kill a Mockingbird with our kids. But, um, but there are many times when we're all reading something completely different, but we're all sitting in the same room doing it. And so I think for all of those reasons, it really uh, rang true for me. And I was definitely uh, growing up, I, I was and still am to a large extent you know, I don't, I don't require the spotlight. Uh, I don't care about it. Um, I don't need, I don't need and or want attention. That's why you started me. a podcast, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, I felt like the world needed to hear the fact that I didn't need anybody to hear me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so think about that statement for a minute. That's, yeah. So, so, uh, so you're, you're, you're basically, uh, st- craving the stimulation of a calm environment. So for me, it was not books. In our household, there, there, I mean, there certainly were books, but there was also, there were also computers from a, from a very, very young age. I mean, I remember right. four or five kind of dinking around on computers. So the thing that really resonates for me is this, uh, the calm environment or the quietness or the, yeah, or, absolutely. Or you, you really do need to disconnect to fight through a complex problem. You can't yep. get a bunch of people together, a bunch, you know, kids around a, a bunch of desks and slide them all together and kind of group think your way through some of these problems. They really do require, I mean, real, you know, if, if you're going to push the creative bar forward, I don't think I can do it with other people. I have to do that alone. I mean, yeah. but, she but, makes the statement in there. I thought it was an interesting statement. She says, introverts are most alive when they are in low-key environments. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely true for me. Like, I, I, I really enjoy, uh, like you're talking about, just shutting everything out and plowing through something really difficult. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you can't do that. And you, it's very, uh, there's obviously there's benefit to the time where you're all sitting around a whiteboard and you're trying to solve this problem and you get the energy of, you know, of lots of, you know, three or four of you thinking about the same problem at the same time and working through kind of the big picture elements. But I've always found that the, the time when you do the hard work is when every, when that meeting breaks up. Yeah. And you've got to go back and say, okay, well, we had all these great ideas. What does that actually mean? I, I think this is why I don't like meetings. You know, I, I, I who who does like meetings, right? But but generally, sitting around in a, in a big group, you don't actually get anything done. You plan or you you collaborate. I mean, it's not that these things are not necessary. It's just that you know they're they're not really where at least I get anything, you know, any actual work done. Now, maybe I'm a little different here. I am, I'm up in the, uh, you know, Cambridge, Massachusetts in an apartment. I, I work from my home and I, I fly down to the home office in, in North Carolina about once a month. And then I get together with people and then I do all the communication and then I do all the talking. We figure out where, uh, you know, where we're going, what the next step is, what's important, um, all of these kinds of, there's a time where we can kind of pool everything that we came up with. And then at, at the end of that, I mean, that's only a couple of days at the end of that, we break and we go back and we're all in our kind of disparate locations again, and we can just crank. And there's nothing better for me than in the morning getting up rolling up to my computer, you know, logging on to Skype or whatever, checking my mail and then just diving into some problem before I, I, I look up and suddenly it's nine thirty at night. And, and, you know, my wife is calling me, you know, where are you? This kind of thing. So, so for me, it's, it's, this is really, it struck a chord. This talk struck a chord because it, it's really the realization of how I actually get work done. And it's not that, uh, it's not that it's, it's, uh, you know, unusual or, or weird that a lot of people are in this position. I think this is a, you know, she, she mentioned the quote, a third to a half of people, uh, are at least somewhat introverted. And I, I don't know where the numbers come from, but at least to me, I can kind of believe it. Yeah. Um, Do you, uh, so she makes this, uh, she makes a point in somewhere in the talk where she says, the ideal student is an extrovert, according to most teachers. Did yeah. you find that growing up? Did you Absolutely. find that if you were that if you were gregarious and outgoing in class, and of course had the had the um, you know the additional benefit of being in smart? I think smart and extroverted was rewarded much more than smart and introverted. It certainly is, and 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 I, I certainly I think school is set up in such a way to to, uh, you know, reward that kind of a thing. And, and there's, there's an interesting thing. There's this guy that, uh, that, uh, you know, used to go to school with and he would basically get, he would, he would come into class and then he, in the first, within the first 10 minutes, he would come, he would raise his hand, he would come up with something and he would, he would say it. And then, and that was it for the rest of the, the period. And I didn't really notice this. And then later on, he kind of mentioned what he did. And he said, you know, I, I say something in the beginning to look like I'm involved. Right. And then I can, 
actually step back. And and I thought it was really funny because huh, it was a great tactic. Yep. But I mean, and then it worked. Um, but the thing is, like, he didn't really, I mean, he didn't really feel like he got anything done until, like, he had taken the pressure off of having to be the, you know, respond in the extrovert way or whatever. He could just sit there and crank and not have to worry about answering a question or whatever. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought another really interesting point that she made is that people that are um, generally like to be where there's lots of other people, she used this phrase. She says, people start aping the behavior around them. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely <laughs> true, right? Because your thoughts, the things that you think are are largely influenced by what you hear. Yeah. And it's the it's a it's a difficult thing to separate what you actually believe from what you heard and have assimilated. Yeah. And I think so. The point I think the point she was trying to make is that the more time you spend alone, the more th- the more your thoughts become your own, mm-hmm. instead of just parroting someone else's ideas out. I thought yeah. that was really interesting. Yeah, agreed. I I totally agree with that. And then you know to to look at the landscape out there, I can easily see how a lot of it is is sort of extrovert driven however i think the the to go past her talk really what's happened with the information uh economy or or whatever you want to call it that that's springing up here really computers over the last oh 20 ish years uh, since they've really become a big uh you know profession this is the kind of thing that rewards the almost the antisocial almost not really yes. i mean you still have yep. to have that but but it it for the first time i think has kind of legitimized this thing maybe that's not true i mean you know if you talk to writers i'm sure you know and and painters artists whatever these guys have been doing this for for centuries but uh at least for me in in what i do it's it's only been relatively recently that this whole thing has sort of come to the surface. I mean, you know, you, 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 everybody can point to that guy. Maybe he's a, he's a sales guy or something that's talks a huge game and, and really there's nothing to show for it. And then, Mm -hmm. but he still gets all the attention because he was yelling. Uh, whereas the people that can actually follow through maybe might not be, you know, sitting in the front row or raising their hand or whatever it is. So I, I think the, 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 certainly being disconnected in the sense that you're not in the same physical place as somebody you you're now going through a computer has tamped that down a bit and people yeah. with uh, you know a smaller voice might be uh more easily heard um but who knows no i think it's so i was at an event this past weekend where it was uh, i would say let's call it 60 to 70% of the people there were, uh, you know, Wall Street financial, um, you know, really, I would, I would classify most of the room as heavy hitter in terms of business and business in general and particularly finance. Yeah. Um, really concentrated crowd. And in that crowd in particular, I thought it was interesting that um, I, I watched this uh, in the last couple of days, right after coming back from that event, and certainly at that event, yeah, it was extremely important to be extroverted. Like yeah. the the people that were sort of working the room and uh, were you know engaged in all of the all of the social things that were happening, and it was you know it was a very loud room. You know when when they had these late night parties, and it was 
everybody in there was loud and uh, and sounds and terrible. And there seems to be this, uh, and I really felt it tangibly. This yeah. that you had to be that sort of person in order to, you know, you had to you had to walk into the room, walk up to somebody, and you had to be able to talk about where you'd gone to school and how important that was in order to really get <laughs> yeah. involved in the conversation. Yeah, and. I guess for me, there's there's a big part of me that just doesn't care about any of that. Yeah, and I think it. I think in that setting, it hurts you. Yeah, um, to be more introverted, like you. Even though I can push myself to, you know, walk up to people and talk to them, it's not something that I just love doing. Yeah. And I think in that setting, you're sort of. Uh, I you're think at you would get, you're at a big disadvantage. Yeah, definitely you're at a huge disadvantage. Yeah, and I think it's it's uh, it was interesting to to watch this and just uh, sort of look at look through uh, look at that this past weekend through that lens and understand what more tangibly why I felt the way I felt while I was there and it really helped to explain sort of all of the things that make me uncomfortable. Um, in that kind of setting, she just sort of laid it all out. And I think more importantly said, uh, you know, all of this is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Like, cause I think what you hear primarily is, look, you've got to, you've got to work to be, you know, you've got to be able to stand up in front of a room, people in front of a room full of people and be charismatic. And that's how you get things done. And, you know, she makes the point in, uh, somewhere, uh, you know, she's, uh, I thought it was a great line. She said, there's no correlation between the loudest person in the room and the best ideas. Yeah. I thought right. that was a, that was yeah. a great statement. Absolutely agreed. Yeah. You know, the other thing I'd add is, is, uh, you, you mentioned you kind of getting in the room and doing the rounds and everybody has to talk about whatever it is about themselves. Uh, the other thing that I've, and maybe you, you, you don't relate, but the other thing that I always see is the same exact thing, but with sports. Did you see the game last night? And I'm sitting there like, ah, uh, and the guy, the person will not even listen to my answer and then go on and say, it was unbelievable, blah, 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 blah. And now, first of all, I don't even know what sport we're talking about. <laughs> you know, so like that, that's another thing, but that's maybe that has nothing to do with, uh, you know, less to do with the introversion thing. It just has to do with uh, the things that people talk about when they have nothing else to talk about. They're looking right. for a common thread and they're, they're like saying, oh, well, you must think, you know, such and such a team is great or this is awesome or whatever. I'm sitting there saying, look, regardless of whether or not it's my team from my city, I don't know. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's not a, it's not a big thing for me. And so, you know, <laughs> kind of alienates yeah. uh, a certain uh, subset. Um, what do you think about the idea of, of isolation? I thought it was interesting when Susan was talking about this idea that all of, of all of the, or most major world religions, most, yeah. most of the characters, uh, whether it be Jesus or Muhammad or Buddha, they have these moments or these periods in their life where they seclude themselves and they have this period of isolation and then come out of that with revelation. And right. uh, what do you think about that? Do you makes, think that's- yeah, it makes total sense. I, I can I can easily see that. I mean, you know, you're not gonna you're not ever gonna come up with something new if you're in a you know a chatterbox with fifty thousand other of your closest friends. Um, you 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 there there are. I, I, it sounds like we're bashing the whole uh, uh, crowdsourcing uh, kind of thing, but 
I don't want to. I don't want to be that. There's no. There's no question that the the wisdom of the crowd, uh, y- you know, can be much better than the guy standing up on the stage. Yeah. Um, so so there are cases where that's true. But however, it 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 is almost to the exclusion of some of the some of the better ideas and possibly ideas that fly right in the face of everything because if you look at what happens in business you know established companies kind of doing their established thing and then you have the uh you know internet business that that comes along and uh sort of upends it i don't know you can pick a pick an industry music publishing you know newspapers whatever it, it you you can see this whole thing playing over and over again um that whole thing only happens because the establishment, the established industry or whatever it is, is really constructed in a way to perpetuate the things that they think are valuable. Right. And so they're blind to this. And I see exactly the same thing happening, happening with crowdsourcing, because if somebody for whatever reason hasn't been blessed by the, you know, technorati, then give it, you know, five, 10 years or whatever, roll down the road a bit. And now that, that, person is completely excluded that idea is completely excluded on something that was arbitrarily but perpetually moved forward and Mm -hmm. you know great case in point is the byzantine empire there's no reason that that was uh, ignored except for the fact that some guy in the 1700s gibbons basically said this is not worth your time and then so people stopped stopped caring about it and stopped listening and stopped researching it and that was the end of it yeah, I, there was an interesting quote or an interesting uh, blog post by Seth Godin. This would have been either yesterday or the day before. Yeah, and uh, going to your idea of you know what the what lots of people think is right versus what I think is right, and he had gotten an email from I forget from one of his readers that said you know Seth Godin's got I, th- I forget how many people subscribe to his blog. It's one and a half million or something a like billion. that. I mean, it's, it's, it's huge. A lot. Yeah, and. Um, and for good reason. And for good reason. He's just a stream of really interesting thought. And I think what I've heard him talk about several times, I'll get back to the email in a second, the fact that he doesn't really listen, he doesn't participate in social media, like he's not on Twitter all the time. He's yeah. not, I mean, he's sitting and thinking, I get the impression, he's sitting and thinking about problems and, and just coming up with ideas about how to solve them. That's yeah, the, like, the that's what he gets paid are. to do. Yeah, exactly. The best and, writers do that. Yep. And so anyway, he gets this email from uh, one of his readers saying, you know, the way you write your blog doesn't conform to, you know, all of the best practices for how to get readers. Uh, and he's, he made the point of saying, yes, and that's intentional. Yeah, and that's not my goal. Right. Uh-huh. And and further, not only is it not his goal, but he is intentional about not doing what everybody else is doing uh-huh. because there's uh-huh. – <laughs> because there's, yeah, he makes the point that there's two ways to get an audience. Um, one is to do what everybody's doing. The other is to do what no one is doing. Sure. And yeah. and he has chosen obviously the latter road. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously worked out very well for him. But I think that there's something to this idea of, and it's very hard to do, um, to just sit and really think about a problem, yeah. and then and then. Uh, and not be tainted but necessarily by what other people think the right answer is, but to literally formulate your own opinion mm-hmm. about something. And I think that only happens in solitude 
Um, and uh, so I think it's anyway. It's a very interesting. Um, I, I thought this talk you actually recommended it that we watch it and then we talk about it. I thought it was uh, I didn't expect much when you th when you started talking about it, but then yeah. I started watching it and it was uh, it was just amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's sort of right down the center line for me. I mean, this is uh, uh, she she was basically putting words to a lot of things that that I had thought and could never put words to. So so. Yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. Uh, well, we have a link up on three fifty third dot com. Check it out. Watch this video. It's really, uh, it's really, really a great talk. Yeah, we would. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, comments on iTunes are, of course, always welcome. We'd love to get your. Uh, you can uh, comment on the site as well. Uh, we'd love to hear from our listeners. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week on three fifty third. Adios.